0: How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA, scores. Here is Golagoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy.
1: Food for it, cheer
0: for it. Uh, kind of like it. Richard throws it in front, Connor score! Well done, boy. Here's some swagger. Push come to shove, we're gonna get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. So as actually I was just telling Diane before I started recording this podcast, I thought for a second when I was trying to think of things for us to talk about that suddenly I couldn't remember anything that had happened and I was like, what happened this week? Nothing. But it turns out plenty of things occurred this week. Probably the biggest is like all of the stuff that happened during the Anaheim Ducks game last night, um, starting with the ceremony for Rob Blake in his jersey retirement, which leading up to it, I didn't have any real emotions about. Like, we've been very upfront about the fact that, like, we're both pretty new fans, so I didn't watch the majority of Rob Blake's career. And um, a lot of what I've learned about him as a player and his history with the Kings has been long after it happened. Um, But still, like, as the ceremony was going on and stuff, I I found myself being overcome with a little bit of emotions. Did you see any of it?
1: I did watch it, and it made me... I love slash hate retirements, because it's always just about, like, loving each other, loving your franchise, loving your teammates, and then I just get very weepy. And it was it was just like a great it was a overall very good ceremony, like, uh, well spoken all around. Um, So it was just very, it was very nice. But yeah, no sort of um,
0: underlying hatred for Blake on our part. So it made it a lot nicer for us, at least. Right? Yeah, I didn't have to deal with conflicted emotions. Although I mean, like, I get People who are conflicted, which is sort of the thing that like leading up to it, it was interesting how many people were like, okay, on his retirement night, don't boo him, or like come up, came up with a variety of ways to remind fans who might be in attendance not to boo, like if they have problems with him still. And like, part of me is like, yeah, I get it, like don't be rude to the guy on his retirement night. But at the same time, like the whole idea of people being like, look, you should just get over it. It's been years. I'm like, if they want to hold a grudge, hold a grudge. It's fine. I don't really care.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of funny that people had to kind of like I I just assume that there are some super uh, Blake haters that were like in the Staples Center that night, just kind of like to themselves being like, "Don't boo, don't boo, don't yell. It's <laughs> yeah. okay, keep it together," or whatever it was. But yeah, I mean, if they want to hold a grudge, that is their prerogative. But uh, yeah, it's funny that a, lo- a lot of media was just like, "All right, everyone, this is a nice night. Like, be on your best
0: behavior." <laughs> It's also funny to imagine that they're, like, you have 41 opportunities to go to a Kings game at Staples Center every season. It's hilarious to me to imagine that people who hate Rob Blake still were like, I'm going to go out of my way to go to the game where they're retiring his jersey just so I can be bitter and boo him during the ceremony. That's like a level of vindictive that's actually kind of impressive.
1: Yeah, it's also costly, so I commend them for holding on to that (laughs) and having the funds to pay for uh, a revenge seat, a petty revenge seat, sort of.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, of all the things to invest that much time and energy into. Like, it's one thing to hate him, it's another thing to go out of your way to be there on this night where people, you know, they want people to be nice to him. But anyway there was no problem. Like everybody was excited. There were plenty of former Kings players in attendance. Um including Matias Nordstrom who was, you know, Blake's defense partner for a lot. And that was actually like him having Nordstrom come up to watch the banner raising with him was the moment where I was like, Oh my God. No,
1: that was that was too much. Like stand here where you've stood next to me like our for most of my career or whatever. Like our time on the uh, Kings and I was like, No, this is yeah. awful. I
0: can't
1: this is wonderful. Do
0: it. <laughs> And, of course, the Kings players were on the bench during the whole thing. And um, there was – well, first of all, I really liked Blake joking about the booing. Like, he mentioned the Ducks being in the building that night and people booed. And he made a joke about how, like, I I just wanted somebody else other than me (laughs) to get booed, which I thought was the perfect way to handle that. Um, And then after – or later, I should say, in his speech, he said – he turned to the bench um, where the Kings were and said, you know, to these Kings players, management – Thank you for making winning a tradition here in L.A. And I thought that like it was as much as I like watching Jersey retirements for players um, who, have, who were huge in like the 90s and stuff like that, who are now being honored. Um, it, having that moment to be like, oh, my God, in like 15, 20 years when this starts happening for current Kings players, I'm going to be a mess.
1: Oh, it's going to be awful. I will be weeping weeping openly, probably like mm-hmm. when Kopitar eventually gets his number up there.
0: Goodbye. I, yeah, I can't even, it's too much.
1: Or like Kelly Rudy was joking
0: like, yeah, his
1: number is eventually going to be retired, but it's not going to be his name on the banner.
0: Right. Uh, uh. And it's also amazing to think that because of this Cup era, like there there are a number of guys who could conceivably have their jersey numbers retired, like Kopitar, like Quick, like Dustin Brown, like um, yeah, Drew Dowdy. Yeah, yeah, it's just sure. a lot of emotions, and it was a very nice ceremony. People made jokes about, Teemu Solani's um, jersey retirement lasting a million years. But this one, nice, like, 35 minutes, quick, hit all the right notes. It was well done.
1: Timus is, like, I feel like it was, like, an NHL-wide thing. Like, I know it wasn't, like, Wayne Gretzky getting his number retired all across the board, but, like, everyone loves Teemu's so much that it was just, like, this big, gigantic affair. Uh, with a capital A, so I, yeah, I thought it was funny everyone being like, and you know, to this day, Timu's banner is still
0: going up. <laughs> yeah. I still liked. I didn't actually get to see any of Timu Solani's banner raising, but I really liked uh, how the banner itself looks kind of like the king's logo. Nice. It touch. really does. That's so. That's so bizarre to me.
1: I was like, this isn't a standard you know, kind of going along with, like, the rest of the other banners or anything like that. What is this weird, uh, like, Chevron-esque thing?
0: <laughs> it's perfect, really. I liked the commemoration of both his career and also the team he last played against, in, who, you know, beat the Ducks brutally in Game 7. Wonderful. A great memory for me as a Kings fan. I really appreciate it. Think
1: about that every time you look up in the rafters at the Honda Center.
0: Uh, So yeah, so two big Jersey retirements this week. Of course, Blake's being the Kings. Um, And then the game itself was fine. It was like not... Actually, like the first half of it was not super exciting, but it got a little more interesting as the game went on, and the Kings eventually lost in the shootout. Um, prior to the game, though, slight bit of drama, because early in the day, it was like, oh, Martin Jones is not at Morning Skate, should be a problem. And then it was like, just kidding, might be a problem, but not that serious. Twitter was immediately like, dude has more. <laughs> because they were being so cryptic about it, which was hilarious to
1: me. I obviously don't wish ill on anyone. I wanted so bad for him to have mono because that would have been hilarious. I'm sure everyone on Twitter was already, like, crafting all of their jokes, getting ready to be like, all right, so how am I going to phrase this? Is this, like, already tested if it's 140 characters? (laughs) Uh, Like, the whole deal. Because I know I was kind of like, all right. What am I going to say when it comes out that Jones has mono?
0: I think that's why so many people jumped on it immediately and were like, let me just get everything I have to say out right now before they take this away from us. And eventually they did say, look, it's not mono. It's not mumps. It's not measles. It's not any of that. Uh, And then right before the game or during the game, I can't remember exactly when it happened. I think it was during one of the intermissions, maybe or something, something at some point. It was a very long night. They announced that he has back spasms, and it it should work itself out eventually, which I don't know why they were so cryptic about it all day. It was very strange the way that they handled it, but then they had to, people were like, oh, emergency backup goalie, but actually J.F. Berube was able to get across the country fast enough, and he was on the bench backing up Jonathan Quick, but it was kind of funny, (laughs) just the way it all happened.
1: I like, wonder if they just didn't know that it was back spasms, so they were waiting until it was like official or whatever uh, mm-hmm. as like a diagnosis, or they were just sitting around pondering what to actually say uh, to cover up the fact yeah. that he has you know whatever other thing it is. Right. like
0: I assume it was something like they, they sent him through some tests or whatever, they wanted to make sure he didn't have anything like Mono or something <laughs> like that. But they never started or... with like,
1: oh, it's a lower body injury, I will update you. Like, we'll update you when… Uh, right like you get the exact thing um, right yeah it was just like he's out that's it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah the way it all happened was very strange even that yeah like you said the lower body thing didn't come out until like halfway through the day and, and so I, maybe it's just the way that they sort of became aware of what the issue was or whatever but it was just really funny the way it was like let's be super cryptic about Martin Jones's injury <laughs> oh just kidding it's just spasms. Backs- 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 it's fine guys
1: I thought it was gonna be way more dramatic yeah me
0: too I was like, is it, did he break his leg? I was like, I mean, we've seen that place where he stays a lot of stairs. Did he fall down some stairs? Like, is it unfortunate? Just tell me. But back spasms I can deal with. He'll be back hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, in the meantime, Tafoli has been placed on IR just to clear up that uh, roster spot for Barube. And um, but Tafoli can be taken off IR at any point now and he's he's been practicing actually, which I think a lot of people didn't expect because you know, he had mono people thought he was gonna be sick in bed, and he said that he actually feels fine. like he thought he was gonna feel a lot worse. He feels fine. he's just sort of waiting for all the tests to come back um, the way they need to for his spleen to not be swollen anymore. Um, and the best part but, uh, yeah the
1: best part is that someone, Caught a picture with him out and about yeah. buying a fucking cupcake.
0: Th- that has turned into such a funny little thing, just casually Martin Jones being like, Look, he loves cupcakes and people see him out when he's got a little bit little bit more time off because he's ill and that's what he was doing, buying cupcakes. Like, oh yeah, I got some blood work done today. Right now, buying a snack.
1: And then like retroactively at the taste of South Bay, uh, Carlin asking, like, Oh, what's the best thing you had? It's a cupcake yeah like please kill me over his love of cupcakes I appreciate that in a person
0: (laughs) yeah it was uh Diane was the one who brought that to my attention because she was looking through some older Kings videos and yeah that Taste of South Bay from it was from last season because Lennon Bay was still around um and yeah Tyler Toffoli like Taste of South Bay which the point is to eat like a bunch of local food what did Tyler Toffoli like there oh the cupcakes (laughs) Very nice. Oh, uh, I love it. So hopefully that is um, a clue that he shall be back soon. Um, something else that was sort of, I mean, unfortunately sad, but still kind of like his spirit seemed to be okay is on, uh, was it this past Thursday? I think it was, where Tater Pearson did like a throwback Thursday picture and he was like considering the circumstances here is of when he had broken his right leg. So a little joking in there. Uh, and and it's been mentioned that they've all been around the games It's okay. Like, it's unfortunate that they're out, of course, but at least none of them seem to be like, I'm totally bummed and this is the most depressing thing that's happened. (laughs) Uh, They'll be okay, it seems like. And eventually, you know, they'll all be back on the
1: ice. Uh, Yeah, so I am waiting for that day because everyone keeps dropping like flies. Luckily, it's in like a rotation. So... Yeah. uh, But I still am not cool with it, especially since the kings are doing so poorly.
0: Yeah, the, the kings have been... Okay, actually... We could talk about the games and stuff because I hadn't really, like the Kings have been managing to still be a possession team for the most part. They've had trouble with some defensive coverage, but that is not entirely something that the forwards, especially like Tanner Pearson and Tyler DeFoli, like they're still learning how to be defensively responsible on this team. So it's not like that part of it they could have a whole lot of effect on necessarily. But... What I did notice was that, like, Nick Shore had his debut with the Kings, and he was on a line with King and Carter, and that line struggled in that Ducks game, like, so, so badly, and that was probably the first time where I was like, oh my god, I really miss Taylor Pearson and Tyler Tappoli. <laughs> Jeff Carter should not be having nights like
1: the this. The fact that he was at the bottom <laughs> um, in terms of possession mm-hmm.
0: was... Baffling and weird to be. It was, oh, it was so rough. And again, like, Nick Shore, it was his first game in the NHL. So, A, congratulations to him for getting his chance with the club. But, yeah, it was like, goodness. I mean, I did miss them in that moment. And so, um, but I think overall, the Kings will, so far, they've mostly been fine. Like, Marion Gabrick and Andre Kopitar are still playing really well. Uh, that so. pass from
1: Gabrick to Kopitar in the Dax game was so nice. So nice.
0: So good. I loved it so, so, so much. Um, So, yeah. So, okay. quick pause for a second so we can talk about what the Kings record is. They are now 20, 14 and 11. Kopitar is still the points leader with 35. He has 11 goals, which actually ties him with the number of goals that Carter has. Um, Kopitar has a few more assists. He has 24. And Gabrik still the goals leader with 15. Looking, looking good. The top players are producing. At one point, they weren't early this season. Now they are. It's still beautiful. Um, the Kings' record this season, or this season, this week, is 1-1-1. One, one, and one. They had a shutout. Martin Jones had a shutout win against Toronto on Monday. And then they lost 5-3 to New Jersey um, on Wednesday. And uh, that game was kind of messy. <laughs> but whatever. Um, well, because there
1: was like a revolving door of uh, goalies. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That game was was so messy and it was weird because the kings had it was just kind of funny in a not that exciting way at first because it was like the kings had three power plays they didn't score on them which whatever it happens and then of course their penalty kill we've talked about how it's been messy new jersey gets their a power play at the very end of the period and they score and then the kings are down on nothing ha, ha ha but then the second period <laughs> it was a total mess <laughs> in the most ridiculous, hilarious way.
1: It – okay, so the thing is, this was on – it was on a Wednesday. I usually go to a pub quiz. I gotta put away my phone for this. So first period ends. It's 1-0. I'm like, alright, cool. Not a big deal. A round of, you know, quizzing happens, and then I look back, and it's something like 3-0. I'm like, what is going on right now? (laughs) When did this happen?
0: Yeah, yeah, like, it it looks like it might not be out of control at first. Um, I think it was Dustin Brown actually managed to tie it, and then all of a sudden the Kings allowed three goals in 68 seconds. They went up to, it was 2-1 for the Devils, and then quickly 3-1, and, like, at some point in there, Martin Jones was pulled out, and they were like, all right, put Jonathan Quick in, like, maybe he'll be able to stabilize it and get the Kings team going a little more, you know, whatever, whatever reason the goalies are changed for momentum reasons. That's what happened. But then... Jonathan Quick ends up letting in another goal, and it's just not very good at all. He is in, I think, for seven shots against total and stopped five. A bad, a bad time for the Kings. And then in the third period, Daryl Sutter was like, whatever, he just put Martin Jones back in the game. Which made it hilarious to me, because it's like, look, this comedy of errors all of a sudden because of the second period play of the Kings. I don't know what to do about
1: it. How many times are you allowed to change your goalie's
0: I don't. I don't actually know if there's a limit on it. In my head, I hope it's infinite because I hope one day it just goes back and forth constantly. Like some game is just that's so what. Ridiculous. That's what I'm
1: fingers-crossing about right now. Just like <laughs> okay, like in a game that maybe doesn't matter, or in a game, I don't know what. I don't know what instance this would be
0: in, but just like every ten minutes or so, we'll yeah. Change goalie, just, just shake things up a little. <laughs> Keep them both on deck. Yeah, I don't know if there's an actual limit. I should. Look that up. I've never heard of there being a limit to the number of times you can change your goalie. The only thing I know is you have to announce it as a coach in the NHL. It can't be like, surprise. Like, you can't have that scene from the Mighty Ducks where it's like, who's in goal? And then it's like a big reveal moment. And Surprise. <laughs> you can't do that. But otherwise I Billy think Ranford in net. Awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't sneak in somebody like that. Like of course, like Kelly Rooney was at the building. You'd be like, Surprise, this is not the thirty two you thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of phenomenal though. <laughs> it would be amazing. Um, so yeah, that game was ridiculous and then the the game against Anaheim, the Kings defensively played OK, like they got outshot, but I think a lot of that was um, sloppy breakouts and stuff. So not their best defensive game, but um, um, not the worst that we've seen either. It was just sort of a, and, and like luckily Jonathan Quick actually in that game played really well. So they were able to stay in it and, and hang on until overtime. And just unfortunately, they lost in a shootout, which whatever it's a shootout doesn't really matter. Yeah, uh, I was a uh,
1: shootout. It's so depressing. Like, the second the Kings go into extra time, I just assume
0: they're going to lose. Oh, yeah, me too. And you know what? That's justified because they have – like, I was looking it up after that game. The Kings have – like the 29th worst record. <laughs> right, yeah. In overtime and shootouts, they have only won twice. They won once in OT, I believe, and then one shoot – they have one shootout win so far out of eight total. It sucks, but, I mean, I would rather they score more goals in the overtime, those extra minutes, but – it hasn't happened. The shootout record is just like luck based. So I went back and looked at their shootout records for the last few seasons. So this season, I think people are talking about it among Kings fans because it's pretty pronounced. Again, they've won one shootout in a total of eight attempts. And especially because last season, they were pretty lucky in the shootouts. They had a record of eight and six. Um, but the seasons before that, in the shortened season, they were 2-4 and in 11 in 2011-12 they were 6 and 9 um, and then in 2010 and 11 they were a um, miraculous 10 wins and two losses the shootouts random like it's it's hard to it's kind of funny actually because this morning there was quotes about how management in the Oilers organization blamed Tyler Dello for them not using Uh, Neil Yakupov in the shootout even though he hasn't been using the shootout for like years at this point but apparently he Della like recommended that they don't use him in shootouts this season while Della was still there I guess he's been let go but uh it's weird because they were like yeah our analytics guy recommended this or whatever there are no real like analytics that have been proven to make any sense or work consistently with regards to the shootout because it's a one-on-one thing like there seem to be some guys who obviously have better luck like what happened with TJ Oshi and like pretty much a huge part of the reason he was on like Team USA but overall it's it's just so random it's hard to really put a whole lot of stock in it
1: yeah like forget like sample sizes or anything like that it's always gonna be small for one thing and two you can't mm-hmm. like it doesn't all correlate together it's it's not you know you just basically start fresh in terms of the numbers for each shootout for each shot that you take. So it's, like, the dumbest thing to be like, oh, this person tends to. Okay, sure, that's not always going to be the case. But, like, what numbers are going to back that up except for,
0: you know, successes? That's it. Right, exactly. Because, yeah, you've got a different goalie, you know, most games that your shooters are facing, even if you use the same three guys. And, like, the Kings do. They just go with their top players most of the time, not all the time. But, yeah, like, the circumstances are always... At least slightly different, and it's a little, you know, it's a little baffling. Kind of like, wow, I can't believe that this is happening. They've scored twice in what is it like, what a twenty-two attempts or something like that. But overall, it's it's whatever. They'll score again. I think I'm more concerned with their ability to win more games in regulation. <laughs> Do that, and then you'll never have to go to another shootout.
1: Yeah, if only that they hadn't allowed the Ducks to tie it up. Although that was kind of yeah, you could kind of see that one coming.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean to be fair, like the Kings ended up with the edge in possession in that game, but it happened very late. Um, for the most part, the Ducks had control of that game, had the better scoring chances. It's not like the Kings deserved to win that game through and through anyway. Overall, there are plenty of past games where it's like, the, you probably should have won this game if you had not allowed four freaking goals or something else. So um, where the Kings you know, outpossessed the team for the entire night. And that to me is where I'm more concerned. Like clean up those things that happened during the 60 minutes, and then overtime will never ever be a concern. Although I am still glad that they make it to overtime, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I we've talked about this in the past couple of podcasts.
1: Just at least getting that extra point to kind of help them along, even though they're out of the playoff picture at this moment. Yeah, but still, yeah, every, every little bit helps. And it, and it was weird too uh, with last night's game that what this was the first time that they were outshot. Since December, November, November, or something, December, like something like that, something
0: ridiculous yeah. like that. I think um, I think Bob Miller said since the Chicago, the game against Chicago in November at the end of November. Yeah,
1: so uh, that was an interesting kind of deviation from the norm, uh, in this
0: case. Yeah, yeah. So kind of a rare sort of thing in a game that they probably should have lost. They actually managed to get a point out of, kind of positive. Um, you're right; they are out of the playoff picture for the moment, which is. Which is probably the most concerning thing because that that sort of wild card position is so tight um, that the Kings should not really be losing more games. Period. Um, Calgary jumped over them. They actually have the same number of standings points, but um, Calgary has more regulation and overtime wins. So the Kings, if they again, as has been the case for the last several weeks, if they manage to string together a few wins in a row they could be fine and right back up in the top three for the pacific division but they actually have to do that what's weird is that their one goal game record has also been strangely unlucky like I, i they're a team who is usually pretty good about that because of the fact that they're so good defensively when they're a team that doesn't score very much but this season they are now five six And 11? That's their record in one-goal games? Bad. (laughs) (laughs) Let's fix that. And meanwhile, the Ducks have, like, a crazy unsustainable 22-0-6 record. I mean, again, you could have headed into that overtime being like, well, I'm glad you made it this far. Kings are not going to win because those records are just insane. But I do hope the Kings manage to turn around their one-goal game record.
1: Yeah, I just turn around their game in general um, because they just desperately need wins. Like, I know that... This is a trend that happens with the Kings. They start out hot, uh, go into a devastating slump, and then make it back into the playoffs by the end of the season. And I'm hoping that that is going to be the case. Like, I know uh, last season we talked about, like, you know, uh, hindsight was 2020 in terms of um, us sitting in, you know, April being like, oh, it turned out all right after all. We shouldn't have worried about those, you know, five game losing streaks. But. I'm just still afraid that one of these days the Kings are it's like too little too late they're not going to be able to turn it around in time. Like obviously they're not so far out of the picture that it's um like completely dire, but uh with the central division being as you know strong as it has been this season, uh, especially with Nashville like being crazy good, that's like less wiggle room for them to kind of get in there. So they kind of have to solidly place like place their claim for you know, either a place in the Pacific or that wild card spot earlier rather than later. like they've done in the past.
0: That's probably my concern. Like I think if they win, they have a great chance of getting back into the top three in the Pacific. And I kind of feel like that is that is the best way to go for them because, like you said, the Central Division is racking up points at a. They're just insanely good all of those teams so if you're trying to compete for those wild card spots it actually seems like i mean it's not necessarily true right now but it seems like it could get to a point where it's really tough to think if you if they stay out of that top three picture in the pacific they'll manage to hold on to those wild card spots because the central has been outperforming the pacific division so far this season And, uh, so that's where I'm more concerned, like, look, get some more wins, be in the top three in your own division, which has been struggling and, um, you know, don't, don't risk sliding out of the picture and not being able to recover. And, um, I hope that the, it, at this point, because December, January have been so rough for the Kings, I hope that the trend of them getting better as the spring goes on remains true because they need that to happen by now, but um, it sucks that they have, again, put them in a situation where it's like we're mid-season, and now it feels like they need to regain ground that they have lost.
1: They've won the same number of games as Florida. Yeah. I'm, just, it's, it's like, really... so I'm like sitting around reading this right now. Like Winnipeg is at a baffling 56 points, which gets them kicked out of the Central Division, but would be yeah. second in the Pacific. So that's kind of nutty in terms of um, how tight it is with
0: the Central and the Pacific. Mm-hmm. That um that Central Division has been crazy good and it's so stacked and so I'm like, yeah, don't, don't put yourself in a situation where you have to compete with those teams because if you're, I mean, you're already struggling against the Pacific Division which is weaker so far so why would you then be like, I'm gonna make it even harder for myself and compete with the rest of the Western Conference. Don't do that. It's a bad move. So...
1: Figure well,
0: it out, <laughs> Kings. Figure out how to finish games. Last
1: time there was the Olympic break to kind of you know let everyone, I don't know, shake the cobwebs loose. Uh, I don't know, be better. What for whatever reason something switched and then they came back uh, blazing after the break. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that the All Star break will be that same sort of jump start for the Kings to
0: kind of get their game back together. Yeah. I think for them, and, and that's the funny thing is it's not like. Any part of the Kings team is fundamentally bad. In a lot of ways, the Kings team is still super strong. It's just that they have failed to connect at the same time. Like, even their record, even though they had a better record early in the season, the Kings skaters were terrible and the goalies were great. And then in December, it was like, the goalies are terrible. The Kings skaters are playing, like, out of their mind, scoring a bunch of goals, having all this possession. And then, like, now... You know, they got that win against Toronto, but it was like the skaters were kind of lackluster. Okay, defensively, not great on offense, but they got the win because Martin Jones played really great. Um, In the Anaheim game, they kind of played not so great, but Jonathan Quick was on his game again. They just need to all figure out how to be on the same page at the same time. And then they can actually manage to finish games rather than just being like, well, they stayed in it because they're technically a pretty good team. But they can't finish because at some point somebody's going to make a mistake because everybody's out of sync.
1: It's like, you know, when you take a class and uh, like your midterms happen, you're like, man, it's actually I did not do very well. And then you kind of actually get into real study mode uh, for your finals at the end of the season or at the end of the quarter or semester or whatever it is. It's kind of how I feel like they need like what they need to do right now.
0: Like put put in put in put in some time at the library. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's time to actually study. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, um, What bothers me about the Kings is actually sort of indicated by this quote from Bruce Boudreaux after the Ducks game, which is, he said, I just think now that we can compete with the Kings, they may win, but we are not afraid to play them anymore. And again, the Kings reach this particular point, it seems like every season, where they are just entirely beatable, it feels like. But overall, I think that is that is still the problem is like, as a fan, it makes me at least less excited to tune into games because it's like, I don't expect anything out of them at this point in the season. Um, And I feel like for other teams, it is like that. It's like, oh, it's, I don't know, they're a mess right now for inexplicable reasons. Nobody's afraid to come and play against the Kings because they know they'll probably at some point be able to capitalize on Kings mistakes or something like that, which is discouraging. I don't think it's sort of, you know, like panic time to ring the alarm and blow it all up or anything like that. But it's like, all right, cool. Nobody is afraid of you. Have fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is kind of a bummer on that one. Um I love I love that uh Boudreaux just like straight up admitted, Yeah, we're sometimes scared to go play them because they're big and frightening. Yeah. And they'll will likely win. Right. But now no longer. Okay.
0: <laughs> But now they're weak. Sidewire, yeah, it's also kind of just hurtful to me because we all know Bruce Monroe is a huge Kings yeah. fan. So if Bruce Monroe is like, I have no faith in it right now, you know, it's it's an unfortunate period. It's
1: one of your stalwart supporters losing faith in you. <laughs> yeah. And that is no place to be, Los Angeles kings <laughs>
0: Right. Then you really just need to get it all cleaned up, please. Um, and actually, just really quick, The other thing about not looking strong to opponents is I watched a team like the New York Islanders. I've watched a few of their games this week. I mean, I've watched them here and there throughout the season. But this week, like, they're a team, like, when I watch them, they look like they're having a great time. Like, they seem to know that their team has improved. Like, even in losses, it's never, it's like, at any point, I feel like they could turn a game around or something like that. And I feel like when I watch the Kings, they don't look like they're having fun. And I know it's like, you know keep an even head, don't get too high, don't get too low, but what, you're the fucking Stanley Cup champions! I want to be able to tune into your games, and it looked look like that you enjoy being there. That would be nice.
1: Uh, we ask for so little.
0: Just have a good time. Play like you know you're a winner. Please.
1: I don't know, Please. I still kind of like Jeff Carter angler, angrily like slamming a stick on the ice when he scores goals. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, even that, all right, if you can't play like you're happy, play like you have a vendetta. <laughs> that's
1: nice. Oh, just any sort of feeling, really, is, I think, what we're going for here.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's. I, I feel like that's the problem, at least as a spectator, that I'm like, you look like you have no emotions whatsoever, so cool. Enjoy your overtime loss. But anyway, because of all this losing, we still, and will until the trend day deadline happens, be... um delighted, (laughs) treated to, forced with dealing with Mike Richards' trade rumors again. This week, first, actually, Pierre Lebrun, I forget during which intermission report, but he talked about the fact that the Kings had talked to Winnipeg and Toronto about trading Mike Richards for various players, which we had heard about in the past. It's not the first time that those two teams in particular have talked to the Kings. Um, And he indicated that those talks hadn't really gone anywhere. But then, Hockey Night in Canada, during one of their intermissions, floated the possibility that there would be a Mike Richards-Dion Phaneuf trade, which, fascinating, I mean, of all I don't, whatever, Mike Richards, I'll believe he's traded when he's traded, but, I thought that was the most interesting of all of the random rumors that we've heard about Mike Richards, only because we know, at least when it comes to the defenseman in particular, we know Daryl Sutter loves guys he's worked with previously, and he has a relationship with Dion Phaneuf. Like, that's how we got Robin Regeer. (laughs) So um, at least that one, I was like, well, at least you're playing the narrative the right way this time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I feel about Dion Phaneuf. He's he's fine. I guess I guess I probably don't watch Toronto games enough or know enough about how he plays. But once again, I am clinging to Mike Richards. I'm clutching at his leg. Don't don't go. Not yet. (laughs) Yeah. Too soon.
0: Mike Richards, because you please please play better and gain a lot of points or something so that you can't at least be easily traded. Or I mean, easily traded from the perspective of like, do the Kings need him? Because he seems overall like he still likes being a Kings player. He just can't get it together on the ice enough. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I kind
1: of just roll my eyes at, at any and all Mike Richards trade rumors um, until it actually happens. I'm just going to let that one surprise me for when it happens, because in the meantime, everything is just kind of absurd.
0: Yeah, that's how I feel, too. Like, like It's nice, have fun with your rumors, but we've been talking about Mike Richard being traded from this team or bought out or whatever for like a year now, so when it happens, then I'll believe it. But in the meantime, I just thought that that was, of all of the versions of this story that I've heard, the one that at least um, seemed to actually have a touch with kind of King's reality. Uh, and that they would be looking at someone like Dion Phaneuf. I think Dion Phaneuf is not a number one defenseman, really. I mean, he is in Toronto, but I don't think he really is at this point in his career. But the thing about the Kings is he wouldn't be brought here to be a number one defenseman. Like their top pairing is Dowdy and Muzzin. We already know that. So as um, a second or third pairing defenseman, a little, I mean, I don't know. Like, again, this is a King's team that picked up Robin Regeer, and for the most part, they make it work. So, (laughs) whatever. It wouldn't be the worst addition. But I don't think, I don't know if I think Dion Fendev is an entirely necessary addition to the King's team. Uh, I
1: I love that you just told, like, they just, the Kings make the, make Regeer work somehow, and it just makes me think (laughs) of Project Runway, like whenever they have to make, a, like, a dress out of trash bags or something like that. And, you you know, you just got to – Tim Gunn tells everyone to, like, make it work. Like, here, you have Regeer. Just make it make it work somehow.
0: <laughs> I mean, to be fair to Regeer, he is actually – I, I haven't checked it in a while, but the last time I looked at it, he was doing pretty good for the Kings on, like, the penalty kill and stuff. And so maybe maybe that's part of why the Kings' penalty kill has sucked the last little while, because, you know, Regeer has been gone, and I don't know, who knows – but overall, it wasn't like they brought on. Ricky what Reiter. and he's
1: the he's the linchpin for a good Kings penalty
0: kill. <laughs> Watch him come back and their penalty kill totally like start rocking again. <laughs> watch it happen. I really hope that does. (laughs) That would be amazing. I hope it does, actually, because I'm tired of their penalty going crap. But overall, that's kind of what it does feel like with the Kings. And right now, that's kind of how I feel with them overall. Here, you've got this trash bag of not being able to finish games. Please figure out how to make a glamorous dress out of it for me. Oh, I love this. Another thing that we now have to think about as Kings fans is the fact that, okay, before Christmas, it was like, The Kings and Justin Williams and his agent are talking about contract extensions. They have this like window of two or three weeks or so. Um, The Kings really want him back. Williams really wants to be back. And we were like, hell yeah, Christmas time. We're getting a present and it's going to be Justin Williams. But now it's been several weeks. The Kings at one point asked for an extension of a few days. Still nothing got worked out. And now they are tabling it um, for the rest of the season because Williams doesn't want it to be a distraction i'm sad about this
1: um yeah i am devastated i obviously don't want to be like kings give him whatever he wants um i'm more reasonable Mm -hmm. than that but uh it's still kind of distressing that it's that it's tabled i mean i guess that it's good it's not like uh he's you know talking with other people you know they're just waiting until the summer but i'd like to know now uh whether rather than later whether or not i need to like weep openly about this or, or start, right, like, exactly. praying to the hockey gods about Justin Williams. Yeah,
0: I'm not stoked about having to spend more months worried that he's not going to come back to this team. I, and I think the one part of them saying that they were tabling it was the that, like, they're tabling it until July 1st. Like, really? All the way until free agency? Why is this happening to me? Um, hopefully it gets worked out before then. And, and I guess, like, with Gabrick, they did push it until right before free agency happened. And then they finally finalize that deal. But I would like it to happen sooner rather than later. I don't want other teams to offer Justin Williams things at all. (laughs) That's what I would
1: like. I don't want other teams to even look at Justin Williams like he's available. We have put two rings on it. Don't (laughs) even look at him. Yeah,
0: let us let us keep Justin Williams. There was a rumor that at one point that they were going to trade him for Paul Martin from the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I don't know how, I don't think there was really any weight to that at all. But even that, I was like, don't, don't do it to me, please. <laughs> I can't take it. Justin Williams needs to stay here. It just needs to happen. Yes. Um, I haven't heard anything about whether or not they're talking to Jared Stoll, but whatever. Between Jared Stoll and Justin Williams, the one that I obviously care about the most is Justin Williams. Sorry, Jared Stoll. Oh, obviously,
1: obviously. <laughs>
0: In the meantime, All-Star Game, as we've already mentioned, rapidly approaching. A lot of the Kings will get time off, but um, like we talked about last week, Dowdy and Kopitar are going, and they have actually still been playing very well, despite the fact that a lot of people involved in the All-Star Game, well, not a lot, but a handful, have been suffering injuries. The latest, Pecarine for the Nashville Predators, which is terrible because he is actually my favorite goaltender in terms of play, um... In the league this season, so I'm like, if any of any goaltender deserves to be at the All Star game for being an All Star in the 2014 15 season, it's Rene, and now he's hurt. That sucks.
1: It, yeah, everyone's kind of like dropping like flies in terms of uh, playing in the All Star game.
0: Um, and I thought it was kind of amusing that like in his um, stead they're sending marc Andre Fleury from the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he's been playing really well. And now the last couple of games he's had, he's like totally gotten blown up in net. So apparently you're named to the all-star game. It's rough going. Um, unless, I mean like Andre Kopitra had his scare, but overall, uh, him and Dowdy have been okay thus far. Fingers crossed. It stays that way. Dowdy has been named an A on one of the teams, Team Soleno. So, I mean, you know, I guess that's cool for him. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, all-star game coming up. I'm actually kind of excited about it. I like when Random players get together who aren't usually together.
1: Yeah, I love I love inter NHL uh, shenanigans and things like that. Um, still very excited about seeing Daryl Sutter coaching other players. God, so excited about it. Also, in terms of the Mark Andre Fleury thing, I think the Penguins announced his um, inclusion in the All Star game with something like "better late than never," and I was like, "nah, that seems weird." <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: yeah. Why would you emphasize that? <laughs> Like, that that seems like a weird
1: thing to like, oh, you know, they got to him eventually when someone got injured.
0: Yeah. Just yeah, to I say that, that hooray,
1: he's in the All-Star game, not, you know,
0: he is second choice. Right, yeah. I thought that was a strange thing to put a little spotlight on, too. I was like, yeah, better late because a dude got hurt. I, I mean, I know that wasn't their intention to be like, yeah, somebody got hurt, so Fleury's in now. But it, it yeah, I was like, you could just be like... We're glad that he's going. (laughs) You don't need to make it weird. (laughs) That's one instance of kind of
1: like, you know, obviously people are trying to show personality through social media, but it just like goes way off mark. And you're like, what? And you're left kind of scratching your head about what just went Mm -hmm. on.
0: (laughs) Going too far. I mean, I mean, the King's Twitter has had their own um, situations lately with stepping out of bounds a little bit. It happens. That one was a little weird in kind of a hilarious way. Uh, Speaking of Twitter personalities... I realized last night, because, of course, the Kings playing the Ducks, like, I realized something that is becoming a huge part of my enjoyment of Kings-Ducks games is everybody giving the Ducks Twitter person, Adam J. Brady, I think that's his name, uh, shit on Twitter (laughs) because he hates the Kings so much and Kings fans and is so easy to rile up. Yeah,
1: like, it's one thing if you just, like, don't like them, that's fine, but the fact that he is, like, openly engaging with everyone- and you know, letting out his hatred is hilarious to me, especially when you know. I think everyone knows this, right?
0: Pat's like a duck, a ducks fan, so he seems fine. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think like he grew up an Avs fan, and then like liked the Ducks for a while or something. Like, yeah, yeah. So, but this guy totally hates Kings and there's I feel like there's nothing more that King's fandom likes at least online King's fandom likes than having a target for trolling they like it's one of the ways that King's fandom unites, so having him just make himself like fair game is has been so entertaining to watch, yeah, he's
1: really just offering
0: himself up for public king's ridicule <laughs> um another thing I have liked actually thinking about. Twitter and Kings fans and the Kings is that they have continued the mean tweets thing. I noticed they apparently they had another one at the game against the Ducks. They did another um, round of that. I think their third time. And I like that something that the, I like that that's something that they've kept up because I think it's really fun.
1: Um, I you mentioned that now and I'm still laughing at Stace's tweet. Whatever it was <laughs> about Dustin Brown telling other players that they're dirty is like a skunk telling other animals that they stink yeah which is awesome
0: <laughs> i don't think they've actually put any other ones up online because i'm still waiting to be able to watch andre kobatar read uh megalodon's tweet about him being a like war yes. <laughs> i just i don't know i think it's fun i think like because that's such a part of the way king's fandom interacts is like being snarky and letting people be snarky about the players on the king's team and i i feel like it's a fun way to sort of in you know make that a, a an entertaining part of what happens in game as well
1: it's always funny when other fans kind of like step into the situation and think that king's fans are just being horrible and it's like no 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 this is how we show our love Yes, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. we like being trolly and a little irritating to people i mean if if king's fans like truly don't like a team or, or whatever they just don't pay attention to them this is Los Angeles, like people just don't have time. So uh, if if they're bothering to give you any attention and waste like some creativity on poking bun at you, it's probably all in good fun. Speaking of other teams and Kings players and whatever is actually, I read the Players Tribune, which I think is pretty cool that that was created. It was created by Jeter and other people. But Logan Couture had an article on the site this week, talking about NHL centermen and the ones who he really respects and tries to take something from and incorporate into his own game. And he highlighted among Sidney Crosby and Jonathan Taves and Pavel Datsuk, he also talked about Andre Kopitar, which was excellent. As soon as I read it, I was like, five stars for this article. <laughs> Um, thumbs up. It made me like Logan
1: Couture like 10 times more. Like, at least he recognizes greatness yeah. when he's in its yeah. presence. He
0: called Andre Kobotar the most underrated center in the league, and I was like, I agree. That is correct. <laughs> and Logan Couture knows because he sees the Kings
1: all the time, so he he gets it. Yeah,
0: I liked that being part of his thing, being like, Andre Kopitar is the most underrated center in the league. Uh, unfortunately, we see them all the time so he's he's not stoked about having to play on, against Kopitar constantly, understandably, because he's really good. Uh, one of the things that he said, I'll read this little part from the piece. He, it reads, quote, Offensively, his strength presents a problem. If he gets speed coming through the neutral zone, he's tough to contain. I try to push him to the outside as much as possible. More than anything, you have to take away his space. You can't let him get his eyes up. If you give him a second on the puck to look up, He's going to find someone in a dangerous spot, which is very true. Like we we see constantly the way Kopitar in what seems like even tight spaces will find a way to retrieve the puck as long as he gets a good look at what's going on along the boards and something he'll get the puck, you know, get it to someone who's open. He's really great at that. And I feel like every time I see him do little things like that on the ice, I'm like, just beautiful. I'm. It's like amazing to me that he was able to sort of see that and then make a play still and a good play.
1: Yeah, every once in a while he'll do something
0: and I'm just like, oh, you're so good. I'm so glad you're on my favorite hockey team. He's got a lot of detail, I think, to the way he plays the game, which I I was thinking about, like I, I've watched uh, Penguins games, of course, because I've talked before about how I just love watching Evgeny Malkin's game. But I think like Malkin is a really exciting player, but I think one thing that I've heard people say about someone like Sidney Crosby is that, yeah, like he's great, but he's not always the most explosive player to watch. And I think though that something that is ex- is consistently exciting for me is how great Crosby's, like, detail is, like, he seems to always know exactly where to place his stick or something like that, so it's, I get, like, it, it doesn't always lead to, like, the biggest moments for those players, but when you're paying close attention, it's like, damn, like, you're really good.
1: <laughs> yeah, so those little things count more than, you know, uh sometimes the big flashy moves.
0: So I liked that. Good job, Logan Couture. Thanks for recognizing greatness. Um, A funny thing that happened. I guess we just started like winding this thing down. But before we go, I wanted to mention uh, a former king got a little upset. So Colin Frazier is now in the AHL playing with the Chicago Wolves, and his team lost 5-1 to to the Lake Erie Monsters, and it sort of all culminated with uh, Ray O'Bara, who is with the monsters, um, he decided, you know, they were up a lot. He was going to try to not only clear the zone himself, but go for the net at the other end of the ice. And it works like perfect aim. He got a goalie goal and it was awesome. And he decided to celebrate that by like the other players do skating to the bench for some love and whatnot. Some, some of those Wolf players got a little mad, including Collin Ranger who like shoved him a little bit. And I was like, come on, Come on, Fraser, don't be a party pooper. Let him enjoy his moment.
1: Anything involving goalies and getting goals is, I feel like, should just be allowed. <laughs> like, that's fine. Y- yeah. Y- you celebrate, yeah. because that is objectively right. awesome.
0: I've mentioned, in general, like, I don't subscribe to the idea of, like, to a certain extent, there are moments where it's like, act like you've been there before or whatever. And it's like, yeah, if you blow out a team, maybe you don't have to celebrate crazy hard on every goal. Maybe you don't. But I feel like if people decide to, especially if it's a goalie, go for it. <laughs> when goalies don't score goals that often. So if you get one, just have a party. Take a whole lap. Yeah, <laughs> It's fine.
1: Celebrate your victories. Come on. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, it was rad. I liked it. So it was just funny to me, though, that um, it was Colin Frazier who got a little upset, and a little hurt. And I was like, it's okay. It's okay. Just stroke your ego a little. You'll be fine. he's
1: generally it's a good, good sport off.
0: like in general about many things. So it's
1: weird to see him get so riled up about... Something fairly innocuous. Like I get that losing five one is shitty, but come on,
0: yeah, yeah. Don't get don't get too hurt. It's okay. You'll be all right.
1: Also, I feel bad about saying this. It's the AHL.
0: (laughs) Rough, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Frazier. Oh, Colin Frazier has been on with three Stanley Cup winning teams, (laughs) Um, but he's now in the AHL. Such is life, I guess. It's all right. Okay, I think that's pretty much everything that we have for this week. Um, is there anything else that you want to say about the Kings or any other team before we wrap it up?
1: Um, I would like to tell everyone to make plans um, Monday night because the Kings are playing the Flames. And oh, right. I can't imagine that that is going to go well.
0: Their next few games, actually, considering that they haven't been able to buck their January losing trend, um, they're, they're, the next couple weeks, pretty rough. For the Kinks. Uh, you got the Flames. You got the Ducks again. You got the Sharks. You have Chicago. <laughs> just, I don't know. Find a hobby for two weeks, I guess.
1: Everyone come on vacation with me. Come to Sundance. Go to Utah. Yeah. Let's
0: not worry about hockey for a little bit. <laughs> Let's all just meet in Utah and watch some movies. Yeah, sounds good. Give
1: me a holler. I'll meet
0: you there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Kings fans. Thanks for listening. Um, our spiel, as usual if you want to see the kings play i don't know after, after all of still... this we're like uh, also look if you want to chance it i went to the game against toronto and they got a shutout so you never know they could surprise you so if you want to go ticket monster um if you go to our schedule page you can click on the links for the games get tickets that easy um or you can follow us on twitter if you just if you don't want to bother with seeing them in person just have fun with us making fun of them on twitter we are at Thanksbud t-h-x-b-u-d or individually i am at chanel berlin and i'm at aka diane fan you can also email us chirp at thanksbud.com our email inbox is always open we will respond we like talking to people take care of yourselves hang in there as the kings find new and exciting ways to let people down. Um, And we will talk to you next week. Maybe they'll surprise us at that time. You never know. I I still, despite everything, have hope, as always. So, yeah, we'll talk to you then. Maybe we'll have some good news. Until then, be good to each other, uh, and uh, catch you later. Bye, friends. Bye, everyone.